0: Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Wednesday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glensier B. We're looking back at Tuesday, and um, today, uh, literacy. Uh, apparently, we can't read or write, a million of us. Or can't do it properly, anyway. Uh, we also don't like to talk about how much money we earn, or money at all. We'd rather talk about anything else. And the government paying for social media influences, various government departments hiring them to spruik their wares Um, Do do, do government departments have wares? These are some of the questions involved I guess Uh, But first up a big customer service announcement from Vodafone yesterday
1: They're going to spend $10 million to launch a special team which they'll call the X-Squad Do you reckon this is going to make a difference?
2: Well I think anything will make a difference actually You're quite right some of these big telcos have been terrible with their customer service. When you, watch, you want to ring somebody and get something resolved, sometimes it can be quite a deal. And and you know the stories that have been going around about the number of times you have to ring and the number of people you have to talk to. Well, mm. that's just not good enough.
1: But what the, the the problem seems that what happens is they're going to give you a dedicated case manager if you have an ongoing problem. But in order to get that, you still have to call through and sit on the line, don't you?
2: you're going to have to get through the front of the house, aren't you? Because they're not going to just give you straight through to these people. You're absolutely right. So still, you're going to steal your loins and uh, give them a ring, and then you're going to have to sit on wait on hold for a little while still. How bad was Vodafone's customer service previously? Well, I think these things go in cycles. It's certainly, you know, if you look at the history of these organisations, they, they do mergers, they get rid of people, and suddenly they realise their customer service has gone down the gurgler and they've got to do something about it. And I think what's happened here is Jason has come in. He's a new CEO, and he's gone, we need to reshape the business. Oh, customer service is bad. We'd better do something about it. And he's been over the coals several times just in the last couple of months on TV and radio about the poor customer service. So I think they really had to do something, and it looks like this isn't such a bad solution. I
0: don't know why they have to give them these silly names, though. That's that's the X Squad. Uh, It's like the X Files. It makes me wonder if Mulder and Scully were just uh, doing customer service for people who believed in paranormal activity. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, What what are your, uh, you know, let's open the talkback lines for uh, your worst customer service nightmares, of course.
2: uh, Calling regarding the um, customer service. Yes. Yeah, so what I uh, tend to do is when I call these uh, companies, not just uh, Vodafone, all other companies which have. Um, the phone, the phone system where you press these different numbers. Yeah. Um, and I find that if you press the extension uh, that will benefit the company. So, example, if you press one for to pay a bill, that's going to benefit the company.
0: Yeah. So I now you're talking. One. So you don't push the one you got to complain. You say if the button yes. is going to pay your bill and tell them how good they are, you push that one.
2: Yes. Yeah, so that's going to benefit them. So I press that one, and then when I get through, which I pretty much get through straight away. Uh, I then tell them, "Oh, I've actually go to place a complaint," and then they put me through pretty much straight away to the to that extension.
0: So you push the good one, then you tell them the bad news, and you go through to the misery the misery line. That's it. Brilliant. Brilliant. there you go. News talks have been life hacks. This help you through through your day. You know, want to moan at somebody at a call center? That's how you do it. Personally. I've got better things to do, like uh, listen to these uh, disturbing numbers on literacy, adult literacy, or illiteracy. Apparently there are a million of us right here in New Zealand who don't really know how to read and write properly. It's
3: vital that these kids are given the opportunity to develop their literacy skills at school, and yet for years. I've heard of children being kicked upstairs, promoted another year, when they don't have the skills needed to survive in the year they're in right now, far less go up another class. How can this happen? Yes, it should begin at home. Absolutely, I agree. But if you're semi-literate yourself at home, you're not confident with books, you're not confident with language, you feel like a fool talking to a baby, how on earth are these kids going to get the school's skills except at school? And if teachers just pass them on to the next teacher, if if parents can't afford to send their children for private tuition, what happens to the kids who stay stumm in the back of the class trying to hide the fact that they have very little idea what they're reading and an inability to write? I just have I've never understood how teachers can't use their persuasive bargaining powers to insist that these kids be rescued with with better resources, better, better support for these kids, so that they get the skills they need, so they can go up that next year, so they can go up that next level. How can teachers just say, knowing that this kid is failing hopelessly, just pass them on to the next teacher? And on it goes until they go on to secondary school and they're lost forever. And they become one of those million semi-literate workers or sub-literate prisoners. It just is not fair. If the kids have been failed by their parents for whatever reason, how can they then be failed by an education system that's supposed to be there to safeguard them?
0: So it sounds like Kerry is in favour of keeping kids back until they've learned all the stuff they're supposed to learn. I guess that is one way to solve adult literacy because they'll never actually become adults they'll just be at school forever and it also strengthens school first 15s as well if you've got you know 27 year olds in year 12 um still eligible to play so yeah everybody wins i think good good idea Kerry. uh financial literacy uh where are we at with that not so much about what we know but sharing what we know with other people Like, why don't we talk about money with our kids? Surely
1: part of our role as parents is to teach our kids about money, to talk about credit cards and loans and debt, saving, KiwiSaver, budgets, mortgages. But this survey by the Commission for Financial Capability showed that parents would rather cover drugs and alcohol with their children than talk about how much they earned or discuss the risk of personal loans, for example. I appreciate the sensitivities around not telling your kids how much you earn, but not talking to them about how debt works or how to budget. That's weird. Teaching our children the value of money should start from the day they earn their first dollar of pocket money. Surely that's part of our job to equip them for the big bad world of finances. For a lifetime of mortgages and interest rates, budgeting for rent and food. Apparently... Children start to form their attitudes and habits around money from the age of seven. Just seven. So ideally we need to get into this with them sooner rather than later. I'm also an advocate for kids learning more about money at school. Useful, basic money skills for everyone, not just accounting or economic students. Maybe if the taboo around talking about money was broken, not just at home but also at school, kids would be better equipped to manage themselves long term and be less afraid of money chat
0: I think it's a bit harsh I mean it's I'm not really afraid uh, specifically afraid of talking about money with my kids I just don't want to talk to my kids at all about anything so it's, uh, it's not it's not just money I it's it's all subjects I avoid equally um, and I think that's perfectly healthy uh, what's unhealthy is uh, spending too much time uh, watching, listening to social media influencers, and yet uh, it turns out the government is spending a lot of money paying them uh, to, you know, sort of speak on behalf, act on behalf, video on behalf of whatever it is they're up to.
4: I watch some of the something and you know, half the time I think that they they're just probably doing this and they don't use the product themselves. Yeah, but I but. You know, and I think it's up to people themselves how strongly they are influenced and persuaded by people. I tell you a classic example where it didn't work, and you probably don't like talking about it, is the America, last American election. Now, Hillary Clinton was backed by every Tom, Dick, and Harry. True. You know, you had LeBron James, you had all the big superstars there, you had all the musicians. No musicians wanted to sing for Trump, but it didn't. It had a. It didn't help her win the election.
2: Mm. Mm.
4: so I'm just not too sure whether it has the effect that people have. I mean, if I see, say, Dan Carter wear jockeys, I mean, there's no way in the world does it make me think I want to go and buy jockeys. Well, because you're not built like Dan Carter? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I I, I suppose, but, you know, I'll probably go down the warehouse and buy something maybe a little bit cheaper that does the same job, and I just think... Some people, I don't call them naive, but are just brought in by some effort, especially these fitness things you see on TV, you know, these fitness machines and fitness regimes. Yeah. You know, and you just tell the people that are sort of dressed up to advertise them, they're not, gen- you know, I don't think they're generally into fitness themselves.
0: Yeah. There's a problem, though, Trevor. You should slip on a pair of those Dan Carter joggers. You get a six pack of abs just by putting them on. <laughs> <laughs> now, I talked a little bit about this um, in the uh, rewrap. Uh, podcast yesterday where we look back at uh, Mike Hosking's breakfast show Um, and I said how shocked I was uh, by the fact that this money is going to all these social media influencers, and none of it's come my way and uh, you know it's been um, well about 20 hours since then and still no money's come my way and nobody's asked me to influence anything what's going on I'm Glenn ZB. I'm confused as usual. Uh, that has been News Talk ZB and we'll be back here again tomorrow with more as usual.